0: hey guys welcome back today i have a very special guest i call her startup queen why well many reasons she was the very first person who started training function with the taj group of hotels about 30-35 years back she was the one who started training for voice processes in bpo with the mother call center ge Capital. again at the start of bpo in india she was the very first one who started training function again with wipro bpo erstwhile spectrum eye so reason a startup queen let's welcome padmini Mishra and let's hear her story Hello, Padmini. Thank Hello. you so very much for accepting to be on my podcast. Uh, I really wanted to interview you for a very, very long time. And here we are today. So thanks a ton. Thank you. Well, uh, thank,
1: thank you too, Raj. I'm extremely excited to interact with you too. So while we have uh, uh, crossed our paths, well, at least a decade ago, but uh, I'm looking forward to you know having a chat with you.
0: Super. We know you as a person, as a professional person, our boss, our super boss, our super, super boss, somebody who's been in like, you know, CHRO for... A decade or maybe more than that but there are very few people who really know who padmani is like where you were born how was your childhood so it'll be it'll be so cool for the listeners to to start with that so take us through that journey take us through your childhood
1: it's very short because i'm not going to talk about how old i am and i want to leave it to uh, the people who are listening in or watching this video to start doing their their mathematics so I'm going to try and keep it short. I was actually born in England, uh, not that I lived much of my life there, but uh, I, I grew up in a very, very small uh, town called uh, Durgapur, which is in West Bengal, about a hundred kilometers from Calcutta. That's where I, you know, I formed my uh, early childhood memories. And that's where I think I learned some of the values, which I, you know, are dear to me even today. So yes, I grew up in a small town. So in abundance, space, in abundance, the opportunity to cycle around, climb trees, whatever else, that there was no exposure. You'd be surprised to know that uh, we were the first people in our colony uh, way back uh, when I was in class seven to get a a turntable. It was a Beethoven turntable uh, and Grundig was the amp. And people came home because it was, the top of the colony wow. that uh, the Misra Khandan had got a turntable and my first little record was Hare Rama Hare Krishna. So, you know, I'm talking of the seventies. Uh, wow. Yeah, the seventies.
0: Full real hippie
1: vibes. Yeah, yeah. Cool. You said cool. Probably that's where that cool side of me comes from. So, yes, having said that, I my father got transferred. So we moved to Delhi and then I lived my entire life in Delhi. Uh, you know, I school. I did my schooling. I did uh, my college, uh, which you know is uh, in uh, hospitality and catering, and and then I started working, and that's way back, nearly now four decades that uh, I have been at it, and and that was another lesson because I had come from a small town, and in my class there were uh, seven students in Durgapur. I was in a in a missionary school, and when I came to Delhi, I joined Delhi Public School, which was one of those la da uh, upmarket public schools. But suddenly, I was flung into a school which had 3,000 students. And in my class, there were seven sections. Wow. And then, but I'm, I'm quite proud to say that uh, after the first two years, which is 8th and ninth, uh, I was actually given positions of power, uh, so it felt good. You know, you, you become a house captain and... And then wow. you go to becoming a, a sort of head girl and stuff like that. Oh, really? It's good, That's Very nice. Uh, I actually was able to score well enough to move from uh, a regular blazer, which in my school was green, uh, to a scholar blazer, which was the blue blazer, which you got if you scored a certain amount for three consecutive years. Then they gave you the blue blazer. Wow. But the result was great that people started knowing me. Uh, they stopped ragging me, but they started consulting me because now I was I had a position of authority or power, or you know, false as it was. But in the school, you know, in your school life, it's like one big deal. So all that happened. There was a little bit of extracurricular. I was doing some el- amount of debates and declamations, uh, and uh, and there was it studies. So that was the, the the achievement in my school.
0: And then post school,
1: post that uh, college. My mother is the one who would suggest it when I asked her, what do I do? So she said, see, if, you no, know, if I had a choice, I wanted to be an air hostess because you see the world and you make money and you have, you know, all the luxuries of life, but that choice didn't work. I went for two interviews. I failed both of them because I'm not tall enough. I'm glad I failed in them because uh, what worked out has worked out so beautifully that I have no regret. Having said that, then I said, now what? So, so she says, uh, she said, okay, you know, what you do there in the air is done in hotels. So the next thing could be hotels. So we said, oh, wow. I had, by the way, only gone to a five-star till that, you know, till the age of 18. When my grandfather would treat us to a five-star, maybe twice a year on some occasion." I say this because some of you know that I then spent 17 years in a
0: five-star chain. Well, lucky Um, 18. I don't know. I I must be 25 when I went to five-star. Yeah. But today's children from the age of
1: five want to go to a five-star. You know what I mean? Like, but for us, it was a treat. It was. Yeah, it's a big one. So, um, so then, uh, so then we said, now what? So again, my good old mother, she found out there is something called IHM and, uh, and then I went into hospitality and uh, that was when the major shift happened. My first one year was really tough because the journey from my home uh, to the college was three bus changes and I was struggling. So then my mother again decided. She said, "You know what? I think it will be good if you join the hostel. Oh boy, that's again that the worst time of our life. I don't mean any offense to my seniors. I love them. But the way they ragged me was like, was not funny. I mean, getting up earlier than them and getting them tea to their bed and going to the, going to the bathroom and making sure that the water was hot enough for them to have a bath. Okay. Oh, wow. uh, there was one who used to tell me, you know, fresh up, six o'clock toothpaste, toothbrush, which meant I used to get up, go put that damn thing there, go stand next to it and say, ma'am, you know, and then uh, things like that. Later, it became fun, but initially, it was bad. It's
0: so good to hear that somebody did order you as well.
1: Oh boy!
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah!
1: I think that's where that vengeance comes back. So, no offense went to my teammates. Uh, no, no, that's it was. It, it, I went through all that, and for a while, and then I figured out how to be friends with them. Though two and a half years, not the first six months, I was very busy. And some of the people who might see this podcast from my college days pretty well know that I was very, very busy exploring other facets and dimensions of life. So yes, every college fest, you would see me there. Oh, wow. You know, like overnight ones like IIT, JNU, uh, going to the university area, which is which is out towards the north of uh, Delhi. Uh, so th- those were busy nights, you know, because... You went to a rock fest, uh, fairly sensible and sane. Uh, you didn't know how you got back at the, the next morning. Uh, so there was a recovery period also that was required. Oh, nice. uh, yeah. I, was, I got involved in theatre during college. Oh, super. Uh, through my own college, there were some people who wanted to do commercial theatre. So we actually staged a play or two in, you know in auditoriums.
0: Oh, very nice. And, very nice
1: and that's when I got spotted by uh, one of the uh, houses because there are houses in IIT you know, like, like we have houses in schools uh, so one of them reached out to me and said we are doing in the IIT fest we are doing a play uh, but we don't have any girl actor in our match so will you be will you join us so then I went and did one play with uh, with them and then I got, yeah, you know, I suddenly got popular. And then uh, I had an invite from JNU because one of their, batch, their uh, houses again wanted to do a play in their fest and they wanted a, a female act. So that bit was exciting. A little bit of, you know, limelight, drama, etc. And then it ended with campus interviews. So we all went for interviews. You know, there was all that usual. That's the first time we all draped a sari. Uh, the, you know, did our hair, uh, did makeup, all that. So you look like a professional and you fit in into the hospitality business and stuff like that, trying to get it through. And I got my job, chose to uh, join an, uh, at that time a very new chain called Hotel Corporation of India, HCI, which was setting up a hotel called Centaur near the airport. So actually I was there for six months uh and i enjoyed every day of it luckily for me and i'm extremely indebted the gentleman is no more but uh, with a lot of respect i recall him is my gentleman is in the thatch who reached out to me through you know people we knew uh, and said tell her to come and talk to me and i went to meet him that was thatch palace hotel but before it got commissioned and i went even joined the thatch palace and then as as everybody knows it was 17 long years uh, very Swabu. little HR training happened and then the uh, after, after 6 years the Taj again the gentleman is no more wanted to set up the learning and development side which um, the Taj really never had but in 89 the then uh, vice president HR for the group wanted to start training and make another you know a proper like a proper active action around it right. which would then fill up all those you know, uh, steps of uh, from uh, recruitment to really to to performance and then growth and then back to HR performance ma- uh, management, right? And then succession planning, uh, etc. Right. So he wanted to bring in this kind of you know uh, this this it was a new thing a new dimension for the Taj Group at that time and uh, they picked on me. <laughs> they said that. Uh, uh, you don't have stage fright well I certainly don't because you remember I used to do drama in college you speak reasonably well and you know this industry in and out Yeah, because I'm a very hands on person so in the six years that I was in operations I'd actually gone and worked in every department so right from
0: experience it's not bookish no I've, I've been there I've done
1: it but I have been there from the plinth that was laid for a hotel to when it was up and running, successful, all restaurants in swing, all rooms occupied, weddings happening, conferences and banquets happening. So that's what I think they saw in me and I was moved into training department. So I was the first employee of the training department in the (laughs) Taj Group. There was nobody else who was head of training. Wow. So ultimately, uh, in the next 10 years, uh, from the the one training manager, we I became the head of training. I got promoted a bit here and there, I guess. And there were four uh, training heads then for the four uh, parts of the country. So it was more about helping them understand what to do and how to do, and then train the trainers and then the property went independent of us. Right. So my job was really to help each of the general managers to make those process changes, which would be able to better meet the customer expectations. Because again, I don't think uh, everything is always an outcome of only people. So your customer feedback is not too exciting. Your revenue is falling or your sales are not increasing. I don't think it is reasonable to look at HR or to look at the L&D head and to blame the people. Because I don't think people start with a negative intent.
0: Yeah, nobody.
1: Nobody starts with that. People join your company because they want to succeed. Or look at the process, look at the people. And if you want to standardize it, move it more to the process, wherever possible. And train people. Wherever possible. Train the people to adapt and adopt the process rather than fight against the process. Yeah. Because a lot of processes fall flat on their face because we have we've created this wall between the people and the process. And the people think that they're competing with the process and the process is a bad guy because they'll take away that person's job. The process is not the bad guy. No, you I don't know if I'm, you know, yeah. the process is there to help you. So back there. So I think in our own native way, while we, we weren't so articulate with management jargon in those days. We had moved into that realm of operations in the Taj.
0: Cool. So that was my job. I'll pause you here. So, you know, from the school to the college, to your first job, to, you know, establishing everything with with Taj. Now, what I hear is person who really driven by discipline, integrity, a problem solver, uh, somewhere... I also hear the fun elements of you know being on the stage and all that. So if I have to if I have to ask you, you know, the key takeaways of your journey till Taj. It's about collaboration. It's about
1: completely realizing that you can't do it alone. Two, it demands discipline. So so it's like being on, on a railway track. If I wish to move ahead, which we all must aspire to i have to do well on one track which is me learn work learn work whatever it is do it all but the other one is also equally important you know you are who you are and you be who you are with everybody else as well i use the word authenticity because you have to be as much as possible transparent and honest and upfront with the other guys on
0: the rail so then hotels was great and yeah. what life? Travel by air, stay with the five-star property? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, that's the bond element. <laughs> I had a blast, so you, in, in
1: no uncertain terms. And I'm grateful to yes, you. Why outsourcing? Coming to BPM. So, the, the BPM industry was actually largely uh, recruiting from the hotel industry. Right. So, if you look at the genre of uh, 1998, 1998 99 in the BPO BPM space. Most of our most of us are ex hoteliers,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. because
1: because that was the closest to the nature of the business that they were trying to put in place. It was service industry, it was a lot of communication, and it was 24 hours shifts, it was 365 days of the year. So, majority of us came from the hotel business. So, I got the offer, and it was uh, at a good salary. Wow. Yeah. So, and I was the lowest paid in their corporation. <laughs> Tremendous learning. Didn't have a clue on what this business is all about. Uh, nobody did either. Yeah. And about six months out of the one and a half years, six months I was in the US because as training, I went there ahead to figure out what to teach, transition, toolkit, this, that, and the other. I'm the first person to put into place BPO, uh, BPO training especially voice so from there another startup yeah and now uh an ex ceo from ge said let's start something of our own he set up the company so that startup bug has always so in the taj i joined when the taj palace the commission oh, seriously uh i uh, started their first training department in the chain in the group in the in the Taj group you started you started Centaur when it started. I was in the Centaur when it started. it started. So You're right. Centaur when it started. Uh, Taj Palace when it started. Training department when it started. Then in JKs when it started. And voice work started out of India. And uh, and then uh, Spectrumind when it started. Uh, uh, as the first eight in the team with, uh, with our uh, founder. And this was a little different. This was shared service. Jackis was captive. Right. I haven't worked in too many companies, as we all know. I've only worked in five companies in these thirty-seven years. Uh, but I, every one of them, somewhere or the other, taught me what is management. While the Taj taught me what is collaboration, what it means to make it your personal agenda to ensure that every guest goes back happy.
0: And what is one takeaway from Jackis? From Jackis. From Jaikis, I learned
1: process management, quality, rigor, the value of metrics, you know, Six Sigma, which we all had to go through. Jaikis taught me the the efficiency that you can bring in from putting things into processes and that is, so if you have an efficient process and you have trained people, you will become effective. So the, the Tata's taught me training of people. Jekis and Wipro, SpectraMind, the industry of BPM taught me, combining it with compliance, with quality, with data and with process. That's what the IT world gave. And then you combine these two. And that's when, you know, you, you kind of get a more holistic perspective of how to do your job. I learned a lot. Yeah. My memories of uh, SpectraMind to Wipro, SpectraMind to Wipro, BPO would be that uh, by the time I had left, uh, I must have hired and trained forty-five to 50,000 people and uh, over uh, 44 training classrooms running in different parts of the country, 24 by 7, with a wonderful team of 285 trainers, 185 recruiters, just working on their own, working in beautiful rhythm with each other. And then that was it, so seven years, and I got two job offers which was now from another startup industry. The Birla Group was going into the space of supermarkets and hypermarkets and um, Reliance had already started, but they wanted to make it bigger. Right. So this is way back in 2006, six seven. So I got the job with both and I chose to take, for no reason, at such logical reason, but I chose to take the job with the Birla Group. And that also made a life change because they, they required me to be, uh, operating from Bombay. So uh, we moved with my Bergla job. Uh, we were doing very well. Uh, by the end of one year, uh, we had 600 stores all over the country. Wow. Uh, I was training, recruiting, training, and releasing staff back to back. And uh, unfortunately, the uh, financial meltdown happened. And, you know, the writing was pretty much on the wall. Of suddenly not having a job. Uh, being in a new city not having a parent you know so they were, there were there's quite a uh, quite a mix of things happening
0: so you tell me how how did you manage all this i mean do you do you follow something do you do something to control? yeah i keep my i,
1: I think uh, my anchor raj uh, in a very very large way is my spiritual practice some of it i think is inherent which is the survivor yeah, which is the, the very logical realist who has always lived for the day. So that's the me, your yeah? natural me. But that natural me is constantly on a daily basis, bolstered and boosted by my spiritual practice. I practice Buddhism. I have been doing this for 26 years of my life. That is my life's anchor. You know, I would say my spiritual anchor. So then I was looking for a job. Very luckily for me, I got a job in the last 10 years, I was with the travel trade as you know. Uh, Again, I always say I've been blessed to be in the best of organizations in the industries.
0: You are the the right experienced person for the current situation also. (laughs) Yes. Unexpected people don't know what the hell they're going to be doing after this. Everyone is just hit and trial kind of a, a situation today. And I think you have seen it all, this whole virtual thing, working from home. You think it's going to stay? Is this the normal going forward? Yes, in a small way. No, in a big way. Okay.
1: Yes. I'll tell you, I'll, 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 I'll qualify this answer. There will be pockets of roles, which means people whose job place now has become permanently work from home, but it will only be small groups of people in companies.
0: So maybe the IT sector predominantly.
1: Exactly. It is a new norm for MNCs in specific industries.
0: Right. Where
1: A, they have the capital. B, the nature of the role permits them to have trained and educated and academically qualified people to work independently. Right. But that's not the all of industry. Manufacturing cannot happen work from home. We'll have to re, you know, kind of reconstruct the workplace. So there'll be a lot of changes in policies, that's timings, that
0: coming to. So officers.
1: That's coming. So you're, that so that'll all happen. But yeah. yes, I don't think uh, everybody will be working from home for the rest of our lives. No?
0: Continue with what what you were saying. So what is what is the change that is HR heads l heads, or company owners, from a people capability perspective, employee engagement perspective, what are those top changes that one should be really focusing on?
1: We have an opportunity to do two things. One is to make corrections. So if you see, when Y2K happened, who was the most important person to the corporation? The CIO. Right. When Lehman happened, who became the most important person at the board, in the boardroom? The CFO. So to me, I say, hey, listen, now the pandemic, though it's a very unfortunate way, has made the CHRO a member of the boardroom. So let's look at this as an option to do some corrections and to fast forward things that were getting lost in the melee of other priorities. So let me qualify this. The people aspect has come back and that's the course correction we can do. Hang on to this. Now that the people... Coefficient has become the most important. Let's do everything that we can around improving business, process, technology around the people experience, which is what you said the people, employee engagement, the people practices. If this be what we want to do, then what's important to create policies, to create infrastructures which will give three things one, people safety, the humaneness around taking care of their physical and mental well-being the second point is lots of communication in different ways you you can do it in in creative and innovative ways but the bottom line is communicate a feeling of well-being warmth create trust between that employee and the organization between him and you that i am there for you so as hr heads i will say please Think, how will you create, how will you communicate empathy with every employee in your company? Build trust, collaborate with them, convey to them what you can do and what you can't do. Be transparent, be upfront. They will forgive you for what you tell them and then if you do it rather than not to tell them and still do it. Inclusivity, which we were trying to make happen in our physical workspaces can much easier be done through your training and engagement programs. Now, when we are not meeting each other, because there are lesser barriers. Good point. Push in policies that your CFO was not willing to sign, which was flexible hours and work from home. Now you sign it without a whimper. Bring in digitization adoption. So do a lot of virtual training, online training. So I would say, let me, um, I would say that if I had to think about an acronym, It would be Aricel. A for agility. We don't have time. R for resilience. Aricel. C for communication. Uh, So I say agility. I say resilience. I say communication. I say leadership. And last but not the least, though it's spent differently, is empathy. Empathy has to be the foundation. Right. Absolutely. There comes in empathetic leadership at every level. Who is an empathetic leader? A person. Who does everything that is required? I'm not saying continuity of business not important, revenue not important. I am saying important. But who does everything that he has to do or she has to do with care and concern? So empathy. We should define leadership. Fantastic. Yeah. Which which means as a leader, over communicate, talk to your people, and be resilient and agility. You don't have time. You know you're facing a situation which is completely completely. Unforeseen. So, if that helps, I will say empathy, driving leadership with abundant communication, upholding in your, in everything that you do the strength of resilience and the speed of agility, flexibility Couldn't be better. <laughs> I think this
0: is it. When I think about what do we do, I think it's it, it's, it's a really good takeaway. The people who know us and people who know you, <laughs> I think this is a fabulous, fabulous conversation. To know who Padmani is outside the office. <laughs> you know? Cheers guys, thank you so much. Take care. Thank you, Padmani. Thank you. Interesting, insightful conversation. And that is expected because she's seen the ups and the downs in last 35-40 years of her career. So HR heads, LNB heads, it's the time to claim that seat in the boardroom. It's the time to bring in those reforms. It's the time to change those policies and procedures because that's the need of the hour. And as Padmani says, let's redesign, rethink our processes and train our people to adapt and adopt the change. The change which we all need to get to the other side. Before I leave you, please subscribe to my channel. Press that like button and stay with me for more such interesting conversation till then stay safe and take care cheers